Welcome to the Reality Check Podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Leanne and James about their two-year-old daughter, Ava. Ava is currently receiving treatment for stage 4 neuroblastoma. Neuroblastoma is a very rare, very aggressive form of childhood cancer. It's a cancer that primarily affects the adrenal nerve cells. She's the primary tumor in her abdomen and the adrenal gland above her left kidney. This tumor is so large that it's half the size of her liver and is squashing her kidney completely. She's also had several other tumors in her bones themselves. The cancer is in her bone marrow, her blood, and lymphatic system. It's even spread into her skull bones and eye sockets. The current rates for survival of Ava's kind of cancer is on average 40%. Ava has started treatment. She has multiple surgeries down. She has a central line and NG tubes placed, ovaries removed and harvested, stem cells harvested, seven blood and platelet transfusions, and a lot of medicine and blood tests. She's, she's undergone x-rays, ultrasounds, MRIs, MIBG scans, and had multiple other treatments, including weekly dressing changes. Currently, she's undergoing her fourth cycle of chemotherapy. If her treatments are successful, there is still a 75% chance of relapse. This would mean that the cancer would come back after about six to nine months, and if that does happen, the survival rates are quite low. So that brings us to the reason for this interview and how I met Leanne and James. A couple of days ago, I was at a charity jiu-jitsu event, and at that event, it was to help raise money for a vaccine that basically, it's a trial vaccine that's taking place in America that when implemented, it basically treats or stops a relapse of neuroblastoma in kids. It's been out for about five years, and they're yet to see a child that's had this new vaccine come back down with neuroblastoma. Unfortunately, it's not funded by a big pharmaceutical company or governmental support, which means the parents need to raise the money for themselves. The vaccine itself costs approximately 225000 Australian dollars. And then, of course, there's the cost of the many trips back and forth to the US, as well as all the associated costs with that. So the purpose of this interview is to help them to raise awareness for their cause, as well as to provide some information out there. If you hear their story and you would like to help contribute, there'll be a link to their GoFundMe page. I'm here with James and Leanne. I met James uh, yesterday, actually, at a charity event to raise um, some funds for your daughter, Ava. Yes, you did. Um, we attended a, a mixed martial arts and grappling event at Adrenaline MMA. Um, the uh, owner and a head coach put on a, an event to try and uh, raise money for uh, us to uh, to get the vaccine for Ava. So, so the, the first uh, time that I came across Ava's story was through, you know, Adrenaline's promotion as a jiu-jitsu competition. I'm heavily into martial arts and I heard about the story and went and um, supported my team there. And they said, you know, can you help help you guys out a little bit more? And basically, maybe we'll get a little bit of backstory into Ava's story, you know, why you need the vaccine, what that's all about and how much money you have to raise and the challenge and all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe you can give us a little bit of a rundown of the overview and then we can dig deep. What do you think? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Um, so Ava was 
turned two on the 24th of March um, and shortly after her second birthday she became quite sick um, we didn't really know what was wrong with her um, particularly she just was very lethargic very upset wasn't sleeping um, that was really the only symptoms there wasn't really anything else she was just not herself um, we took her to the GP a couple of times over about an 11 day period um, and we're told she had a virus then we're told she had a UTI and gave her antibiotics but she just seemed to get worse and worse and she had persistent um, like temperatures, high temperatures. So in the end, both James and I made the decision to take her to the Royal Children's Hospital A and E, um, which very grateful, we're very glad we did that in the end. It's quite far for us, you know, over an hour journey, but we chose that particular one because we knew that they would know what they're talking about. Um, and we went there. They uh, took it seriously straight away because of the temperatures that had lasted for eleven days. Um, were looking for something completely different at first. They were looking for um, an infection in the joint and did um, ultrasound, x-rays, and then eventually did an MRI scan as well, which was the next day from the day that we got in A&E. Um, and yeah, they came back in. I was expecting them to just let us go home. Uh, James wasn't there at that point. It was just me and Ava and about six doctors walked into the room and I noticed that one of them had a pin on that said oncologist. So I knew straight away oh. what they were going to say. <laughs> um, and yes, they said that they had found from the, the um, MRI scans that Ava has tumours. Um, and then the specialist oncologist, the lead oncologist, sat me down, and when James came in, sat James down, both of us together, to explain that she does have cancer. Um, the cancer that Ava has is a cancer called neuroblastoma. Um, neuroblastoma is a childhood cancer, so it's usually in under five years old. Um, it is a rare cancer, and it is also very aggressive. Um, it is a cancer that affects the um, adrenal glands, really, more than anything else, the adrenal cells, um, and rapidly spreads across the body. So Ava had a tumour, um, half the size of her liver, so quite large, considering the liver's you know, yeah. biggest organ. Um, and that was in the adrenal gland above her kidney. And she had several tumours within her bones, um, and the cancer had spread throughout her bone marrow, throughout her blood and her lymph glands as well. Um, so it's essentially everywhere in her body. So that's classed as um, stage four high-risk yeah. neuroblastoma. Um, low prognosis for survival, unfortunately. However, is seems to be doing very, very well so far with treatment. Um, they were really good in the Royal Children's. They start. We didn't go home. We were there for three and a half weeks, and within a week and a half of being diagnosed, she'd already begun um, chemotherapy. Yeah. So Ava's treatment, because it's high risk, is a, a lot of treatment. The 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 most amount of treatment you can have. <laughs> so chemotherapy. What chemotherapy. Other treatments are there? Is it uh, just progression of chemotherapy treatments? It's chemotherapy for five cycles. Um, cycle five being a very, very strong chemotherapy and the, and the purpose of it is to basically kill off all bone marrow in the body um, beyond repair. So the body can't grow it back, essentially. So then she will have to have a bone marrow transplant or a stem cell transplant. Um, and she also has to have surgery. So she will have surgery to remove the main tumour, which is actually coming up in a couple of weeks' time. 
Um, that surgery will be about six to eight hours. It's a very, very complex surgery, it takes a long time. Um, she then has to go through a month of radiotherapy, which will be daily, Monday to Friday, every day for a month. Um, and then she has to have six months of immunotherapy treatment as well, which essentially immunotherapy is, 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 is new, quite new. Uh, people don't really know what it is, but it's a treatment that essentially helps to unmask the cancer and helps your body to fight the cancer itself. So it uses the immune system and boosts the immune system to fight the cancer. Um, it has very limited long-term side effects, but very, very severe side effects at the time. So it makes them very, very sick. Yeah. Um, unlike chemotherapy, which has long-lasting side effects for the rest of their life. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like you've had a lot of... Um... A lot of education and learning that you've been forced upon. <laughs> yeah. I also work in this field, which is okay. why, sorry, <laughs> it's probably so, yeah. so, so, tells, so over the um, top, but I work no, in that field. No, it's very comprehensive, but it's, it's <laughs> good that you, I suppose, that you do have that background knowledge. I do want to dig down a little bit deeper. Yeah. From, from the time... I, think, um, so, I, I do have one moment, like, really poignant moment for me, which was, um, we were in the, what was it, the, was it the, what, what was it called, what, what was that? You know, the Wallaby, way, when Ward. We, Wallaby Ward when we first got diagnosed and there was five or six doctors outside and they were crying. And when you see doctors crying, you kind of... Yeah, yeah you don't, I don't imagine yeah. doctors crying yeah. until... Yeah. Mm. So I think that was just, I just... I'll always remember that thing. I'll always remember that moment. Because they yeah. know the seriousness of yeah. it as well. And it doesn't mm -hmm. matter how yeah. much they see it, it's still upsetting every time yeah. they yeah. have to give someone a new diagnosis when they're two years old. <laughs> so... How old's Ava now? She's two. Uh, She's two, two. Or two and a half. She turned two at the end of March. So from the progression of the sickness until um, now is how long? About a year, half a year? Um, so the progression of the sickness is from, from, from diagnosis until now, we've had two and a half months. Two and a half months. Yeah, it feels like wow. it feels like okay. a long, long time, but it's actually only been about two and a half months, uh, and she's already had four cycles of chemotherapy. Okay. So it's very aggressive. They really treat it fast, and they hit it hard. As soon as, soon as it's found, it's just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Okay, so there's a couple of follow-ups that I want to make. Let's just keep going through the um, the medical side of things first. Okay. The first one is is um, the why why the charity event was raised in the first place. The yeah. the vaccine. So um, can you explain just a little bit about what the vaccine will do and why yep. it's needed and that sort of stuff? Yes, of course. Um, so with, I'll just explain with, with neuroblastoma, particularly more so than a lot of other um, childhood cancers, neuroblastoma is, is quite a complex, quite, quite complicated disease and unfortunately has a very high rate of relapse. Um, so the, the, the rate is more than 75%. So, so that's like if the chemotherapy works, quote unquote, and they get clear, and they get clear, and there's get a seventy five percent chance of it coming back again. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yep. it tends to be that these these children have gone through all this treatment for usually around about fourteen months, so yep. a year and a half, um, and then what happens is they get um, clear of cancer completely, yep. and within six to max to nine months, they end up back with six to the, nine months yeah it's okay. usually around about six to nine months that it comes back uh, neuroblastoma it's usually um worse and it's very very difficult to treat the second time around and currently in australia um there is not really any treatment out there that has been successful in the um curing of a relapsed neuroblastoma so, however, however, <laughs> and that's where the vaccine comes into yes. play. 
in the US, um, there is a hospital called the Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital. It's based in New York. Um, they are the leading experts in, in neuroblastoma particularly, so they have some of the, 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 most, the world's most renowned um, specialists. They have actually been working for quite some time now. It's in, now in, stay in phase two of a clinical trial um, for a drug. And this drug um, is essentially meant to be able to stop a relapse in neuroblastoma. So essentially, children who have had neuroblastoma the first time round and have been successfully treated and clusters cured, I guess, or in remission is what yep. they call it, um, they then receive this vaccine. Now, James and I are still learning a lot about the vaccine itself, so I can't go into massive amounts of detail because okay. we are actually speaking to people at this moment in time to really learn the ins and outs of it. But what we do know is essentially um, by receiving this vaccine within a very short number, literally a number of months after um, all of the treatment is finished and she's clusters in remission, um, we go over, it's over a year period that yep. she goes and she has this vaccine um, and the survival rates are more than 90%. So rather than a 75% chance of remission, you get a 95% chance of survival. Of survival and, is and not having a reoccurrence. Offers? Yes. Um, yeah. So so what they found is after five years of having uh, of a child who had it the first time round receiving the vaccine, they have not had a reoccurrence. Wow, five so, years! Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, which is which is brilliant. Um, where you're talking six to nine months, where someone has got a relapse yeah. um, without this vaccine. So they've had really, it's been very very successful. Mm. It is still a trial, um, and it's also a trial run by a hospital. It's not run by a big pharma company where they usually would sponsor it and they would pay for everything so uh, the, the payment comes on to yeah. the parents and on the parents the community around them so yeah how much <laughs> so the vaccine itself is a, a, an exceptional amount of money it's two hundred and twenty-five thousand australian dollars yep um that sounds exceptional <laughs> that's just the treatment alone that doesn't include you getting to new york that doesn't include any of your. It wants a month for, yeah. for almost twelve months. Um, it doesn't include any of your stay or any living costs, essentially. And considering it's on the other side of the world, plus plus work work costs of not work being able costs, to work. And exactly. Yeah, no, so there's can... big big costs that come in to doing something like this. Yeah. Um, but it's the chances of her being able to survive past the age of three or four um, it is too much to 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 no. you know, turn away we have I've, to do it i've got a one and a half year old um and you know he he's thankfully being quite you know quite well but i you know anytime there's anything slightly wrong myself and my partner you know you freak out as a parent um so i couldn't imagine how far i would, I would go you know, do anything yeah. to um to to keep you know keep all that chance alive I wanted to just just go a little bit further with the with the medical side of things. Um, you mentioned the for the the treatment for Ava at the moment, basically you want to kill the bone marrow. Like I'm sort of yeah. I suppose I'm like dumbing it down because I'm you know not familiar. No, as you no, are. that's fine. But um, so you said you want to basically kill the bone marrow and you'll need a bone marrow transplant. Yes. How how I'm I'm a little bit ignorant on the topic, but does that require a donation from one of you two or? 
how does, I'm not sure how bone marrow. No, that's works. fine. It's, <laughs> it's it's a really it's, it's a really helping, really good question. Listening, uh, yeah, as well. it's a really really good question because we didn't I didn't even know myself so much at the time. Um, actually, what what they have done is it's quite clever. Uh, they use her own stem cells. So. Okay. And and at first, yeah, the puzzled look is what yeah, I had on my it's face. Like if, if, it's, if it's through the lymph system, you'd yeah. imagine it would be through through her everywhere, through everywhere her bone marrow. Stem cells are like magic, though, aren't they? They are, yeah. and this is what it took me a while to get my head around because I had the same confused look when they told me they were going to use her own stem yeah. cells, and I thought, but her she has cancer in her bone marrow. It? Yeah. Um, so essentially, what happened uh, about a month ago now is after a big round of chemotherapy, um, they. Which, which essentially the chemotherapy makes them what we call neutropenic. So it gets rid of all the white blood cells, it gets them so, so low. And that's why they're so susceptible to infection. What that also means is that they give a drug, which is essentially a drug that stimulates the growth of stem cells, which are yep. your baby cells that are brand new in your body and bone marrow creates them. So they were given this drug for it for about 10 days. Um, to be able to stimulate the growth, rapid growth. And then what they did, as soon as they measured the levels and as soon as the levels of those stem cells were high enough, they took them out of her body. Mm. Um, essentially a very similar process to when you give blood. So if you've ever given blood and they remove the blood and it goes through a machine, yep. similar. And what they did is they separated out these stem cells and kept them and harvested them and pumped all the blood back into her body. Mm. So the stem cells that they've got are so brand new that the cancer had not even managed to touch them at that nice. time okay. and that's what they will transplant back into her own, her, her own body um, it's still a transplant she will still have to be in isolation in hospital for about six weeks she will be exceptionally sick uh, very 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 sick mm. um, we, we've been told that and we're preparing ourselves for for it when's that occurring that will occur in September, when I'm about to give birth. <laughs> mm, I was, was going to bring that up as well. You've, um, you're holding your belly right now. Yeah, yeah. So how, how many how many months along are you? At the um, Twenty six weeks at this moment weeks. in time. So nearly six months. Fourteen more ish. Yeah. Nice. So okay. I I'm due to congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> We're actually. We are um... quite happy. We are. We are not quite happy. We are. We are really happy. It yes. is, and it was. It's uh, just bad timing. It was a great thing, and then yeah. you find out about this. So yeah, <laughs> bad uh, timing. So so yes, Ava will be going undergoing a stem cell transplant or bone marrow transplant um, at the same time as I am having a baby. Life throws everything at you at once, hey? Yes, yes. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> so you mentioned the um. You mentioned that there will be, you know, she'll have to have isolation and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I suppose there's a twofold question here is what is um, the daily life with her when she's at home and sort of normal, quote unquote, yeah. in, in this sort of like post chemo state and what's life um, during chemo, if that makes sense. Like as in like you say, she has to be in the uh, isolation. So maybe yes. you could give me a little bit of a um, in-depth look at both of those states. Yeah, of course. Um, so... Ava, I suppose it's really probably good to understand, especially people who have got children, you've got a child yourself, you know, they're very, very active, they want to do lots of things, and generally parents want to do things with them, so you take them to swimming, and you take them to Jimbaroo, and yep. Ava had a very active lifestyle prior to being diagnosed, where she was out and socialised a lot, well, every single day. Always energy. Always energy. Yeah. We got her involved in multiple different things. She was she was a very social little girl, mm. um, and we kept her that way to keep, obviously, 
obviously keep her happy and, and progress. Um, since the diagnosis, she can no longer do any of the activities that she was able to do prior. Uh, one of the main reasons for that is, well, A, she can't be in the water or swim because she has a central line that's put into her heart and it can't get wet. Um, Just what, what is that specifically? It's so like it's, a uh, it's yeah, so it's tubes that have been put directly. So she has a hole in her chest yeah. and the tubes go directly into the heart. Okay. Um, so it pumps it, the medicine all around the body. So they oh, okay. use those tubes to give her her chemotherapy, uh, to give her a lot of drug, uh, any, any drugs she needs. Uh, so rather than having blood. to be constantly injected, it's exactly. just a direct line. Okay. Yeah, and it's direct line that goes through the body. But it means that it can't get wet. Can't um, go for a swim. And she can't go for yes. a swim. So she doesn't swim. Um, and she can't do any of the other things because chemotherapy makes them very sick. So yeah. it kills off all their blood counts, which includes their white blood cells. So immunity. She has no immunity. Is that a constant state of no immunity or is it does her immunity sort of pop back up? It pops back up slightly. Yeah. However, that's when she goes back in for more chemotherapy. Yes. So so essentially the chemotherapy is in twenty one day cycles. Yep. Um starting from the day one of chemotherapy. So it tends to be every two and a half weeks. Okay. Does that make sense? And then she has chemotherapy for five days. Yep. By the sixth day, she's what we class as neutropenic, so has absolutely no immune system yep. whatsoever. It's quite sick, uh, which is what she is in right now. Okay. So we have to keep her out of places like supermarkets, any shops, uh, shopping malls, away from anyone who may be sick. Um, and what we tend to do to obviously try to entertain her is to do arts and crafts at home, try and engage her in different play at home, um, or we take her to the beach. Or We can occasionally, depending on how well she is, we'll take her to the park when it's quiet. Um, essentially a lot of outdoor activities. Yeah. We then, she, she is in that neutropenic phase for about seven to ten days. So in that first phase, would she not, like, no socialising with other young kids, I would imagine? No, So it's no. just sort of like you two and yeah. her and that's she it. She really, since being diagnosed, has had very, very limited interaction with any other children, yeah. except the children on the chemotherapy ward. Because they're, the the they're all in that same yeah, situation. Yeah, because they're all in that same situation, which is really sad, um, because she was a very social, active little girl, yeah. but it's what we have to do to keep of her course. well. Um she on occasions between the chemotherapy she's very very well we have managed to take her out to the zoo uh, <laughs> or the farm or somewhere like that where of course we're very careful with her coming into contact with the animals but she, you know she loves animals and it's something that she can do a bit of um something a bit different for her and then she just gets well enough and she's feeling great again um, back in the chemo and then she goes back into chemotherapy yeah, yeah. and that and that's just been that cycle it's been that cycle for the fourth cycles that she's had so far. Um, the chemotherapy makes her so sick in between that we always end up back in hospital, yep. usually by about five days after we've left. And she either is back in hospitalized because she's got some sort of infection or something, yep. um, or we have to go back in at the very least to have blood transfusions and platelet transfusions because she has her, her red blood cell count and platelet count is so low that she's at risk of bleeding um, and has absolutely zero energy to the point where she can't really walk um, because, yeah, you need the red blood cells, yep. of course, to have energy. <laughs> It's really nice to see that when we do go in on like a Wednesday and she has a blood transfusion, it's like um, 
like having it's like super juice it's like super juice yeah yeah we go go in for a a refill and um it gives them energy which is amazing yeah she then she starts running around so that's something else we're very grateful for is you know without people donating blood she's having blood transfusions already in the last two and a half months alone she's had seven or eight blood transfusions um because she's she's really needed them and of course that comes from people donating blood Mm. so that's something else that we're very grateful for (laughs) so i wanted to to sort of get into her personality a little bit um she'll be so you said she's walking around she's talking now as well yeah she's really really good at talking actually yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um when when so was she talking prior to coming down yeah, she yeah, was. she was. She's um, Ava is a very, really, really bright two-year-old, and the doctors have even said that she's really advanced for her age. Um, so she has a really, really good understanding of everything that's going on. But she is also able to communicate exceptionally well. Yeah. So she communicates with that of more than a three-year-old. Oh well. Uh, yeah. So she has full conversations with yeah. Ava, um, and she's she's she was able to talk like that prior as well so how aware is she of everything that's happening so she is very aware um the hard because, part like, is you think of a two-year-old like i've yeah. got a one and a half year old and like before i had a kid hmm. a one and a half year old seemed like a like a little baby fresh yes. out like you have, you have no concept of what a child is and isn't from yeah. like baby until they're in you know teenager <laughs> like this yeah. all, all blends you know <laughs> but now he's my son's just started um he said his first couple of words. He said cheese and he said car. He said my brother's name before he said my name. Um, <laughs> so you're saying that she's got quite quite the um, um, vocabulary and she's yes. aware of what's happening. Maybe you can share a little bit about yeah. how she sort of herself is dealing with. She is, Ava's a very, very strong little girl um, and exceptionally feisty. <laughs> when we say she's very sassy. Um, <laughs> Ava has, she's, she's dealt with it well. She, the, dip, the, the hard thing is she has a very good awareness and she knows what she wants and what she doesn't want. So she gets very, very upset, of course, with all of the treatments that are going on, mm. the things that she has to have. Um, she has to undergo things that most adults have not, even undergone and mm. she's only two years old so she gets very upset however she makes it known so she shouts to nurses she tells them to get out lady and um and she, wow. she yeah she doesn't like blood pressure so if they go near with a blood pressure cuff she goes no blood pressure and she screams at them uh she knows exactly what everything is stethoscope everything she she has full conversations essentially with them. That's amazing. Wow. <laughs> um, and the doctor, the main specialist oncologist is her, is her friend. She actually tells us that she loves Dr. Jordan and he's her best friend. They're, they're her words. That's lovely. <laughs> uh, but he doesn't have to do any of the nasty treatments that the nurses have to do, unfortunately. So that's probably why. That's probably friends. why. They're, they're friends. Yeah. Mm. Um, so she's still, even throughout all of this, she is, she's exceptionally strong. Um, she still has, you know, really good days and, and, and times where even when she's being pumped with chemo, she's still happy, still smiling, still laughing and playing. Um, the hard part is that, you know, she can communicate with you or us very well and tells us that she wants to go home. She doesn't want to go to hospital. I want, you know, and is essentially begging us and it's awful for us to hear because we can't do anything about it. She has to stay. The hard part is she's only two, so she doesn't have that emotional understanding, the ability to understand that the things that we are doing for, to her are for her now. benefit. Yeah, mm. she just knows that she is 
being treated like this, you know, and probably doesn't understand why. Um, and that's very, very hard as mm. a parent. It's In fact, that's probably the hardest part is knowing what we're pumping into her is meant to be helping to keep her alive but at the same time she's screaming about it and hating life it's it's hard to know yeah 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 it's exceptional it's very very difficult you feel really awful as a parent very guilty (laughs) Mm. i want to um i want to go down just a little bit of a more personal path for you guys yeah um when something like this happens it's 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 like life still goes on right so you know, if something happens in your personal life, you still have to pay the bills, you've still got work, you've still got your other family issues, everything's still going. Yeah. And now you've got this extra thing. And yeah. now you've got another little <laughs> thing growing as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, there's there's a couple of questions or maybe you can share both of your experiences on this in, yeah. in the sense of how do you, how do you um, maintain some semblance of yourself beyond or separate to this whole situation and how do you sort of keep that sort of self-care situation going? You just came back from massage, which is great. Yes. (laughs) Um, But yeah, how how do you, how do you stay sane in this situation? Just managing it, you know? Yeah. It's, um, I'll, I I can only speak for myself. Obviously James can speak for himself in a moment. For for me, it's, um, it's incredibly difficult. Um, (laughs) it's so, so I, actually already suffer from anxiety so and with Ava when she was first born I did have postnatal depression as well uh, which I'm glad to say that I did manage to get through and that's fine Um, I have found that my anxiety was very controlled um, until this happened Um, and it has thrown up a lot of that um, anxiousness again so that's something now that I have to try and work through is is the anxiety that I have because now I I have all those what I had when she was a newborn you know is she breathing is she constantly worrying about her Mm. because how ill she is Um, it's that the constant 24-hour care of Ava and, and and wondering how she is and when does she need her next medicines you know has she got a temperature do we need to take her back to hospital has she spiked a fever um I'm pregnant and, she, and of course she's undergoing chemotherapy so she's what we class as cytotoxic um which is um essentially highly toxic to rapidly dividing cells in the body which is why people lose their hair Mm. A rapidly a baby growing in a, in a woman is a rapidly cells. dividing yep. cells, so it, it it's quite dangerous for pregnant mm. women. Um, so I can't come into contact with Ava's uh, bodily fluids at all um, okay. when she's undergoing chemo and for about ten days afterwards. I don't change her nappies. Um, unfortunately, if she vomits, you know, the first thing that you want to do is pick them up and cuddle them because she's very upset and I can't do that. Mm. I can't come into contact with her saliva, with her sweat, nothing. And that's for that 15 day? Um, Yeah, so in total it's about 15 days. And then the the cycle comes again, just remind me. And then pretty much the cycle comes again. (laughs) Uh, So that's also something that me personally I battle with because Mm. I feel guilty on the baby inside that I'm I'm worrying and panicking of, you know, what am I going to be doing to this child um, if I am exposed, but also feeling guilty for Ava because she wants me and I'm her mum. And I feel that, you know, in times, say, like when she's being sick because of the chemotherapy, 
I, I can't touch her and she's probably sat there, you know, thinking, why won't mummy hold me? And mm. I can't. And it's and that that is is really, really upsetting as well. Um, so there's always like it, it there's a I think for me personally as a parent with a child undergoing this, it there's a lot of ba- battles internally with feeling guilt for what you're putting them through. Um, but also knowing that really you have no other choice if you want them to survive. Yeah. Um, and it is a constant battle. Um, and something that every single day bothers me, I suppose. <laughs> um, how do I get through it? Well, it's kind of one of those things, I guess, is that until you're actually in the situation, you think that you'd never be able to, and then you just have to. One so, step at a time, yeah, as it comes. Yeah, and it really is. It's just one step at a time. And it, it, we do have hard days, and I have really down days, and it's very upsetting, and it's very overwhelming. Um, but you do just have to deal with it. We have help, so we do have a psychologist who has been um, provided to us by the Royal Children's Hospital, so they do that for all the cancer families, which is really good, and we do speak to her when we can, when we're in the hospital, Um, and that is uh, helpful somewhat, um, just to be able to release more than anything else, I guess. 100%. Prior to Ava, I loved to do, sorry, prior to Ava's diagnosis, I loved to do yoga, meditation we tried to really get into meditation and I have to admit since that it's very hard to focus my mind or find any time to do these things but I know for me that they're the things that really help me um so uh, yeah finding the time to find the time to... <laughs> I'm adamant that I'm going to do them again because I know that they would offer me a little bit of peace mm. um it, I've just got to really push myself to to, to do them because it, it did make a big difference to me I, I I use the apps for meditation and things on my phone and that but really which apps do you use? um I have a couple of apps um <laughs> I have it's to like try a, them a, yeah um, I have a Headspace, Headspace and in, Insight Timer is the other one that I use. I might, I might put those links um, or just mention yeah, them yeah. In, in the show notes below. So Headspace. Headspace and um, Insight Timer. Calm is an, also another good one. But the thing is with Calm is you do have to pay a subscription if you want to kind of really use the whole lot. Yeah. So it depends on how serious you are. It's very good but you have to pay. Insight Timer is a bit more free and offers so many different types of meditations and mm. um, mantras, everything. There's, there's, there's all kinds on there. So I'm, I'm a massive good. advocate of meditation for all kinds of situations and just yeah. calming yourself down. I noticed at the um, event yesterday, you had a lot of support from the, the, the community that came and you know a lot of them were coming to compete, but then obviously a lot of the people at the gym itself would know, would know you and know your story and that sort of stuff. Um, how, how have you found the, the the journey from the diagnosis into to now in terms of self care and then community support and that sort of stuff, James? I think um, before well before Ava was diagnosed, I was very like Ava and I were very active, very social. You know, um, we would uh, go to the gym uh, and she would go to the crash maybe four or five days a week. I would go to jiu jitsu um, five days a week. Um, uh, do a few runs and things like that. Um, since then, um, took her to the gym with you. Like, oh, yeah, the there's a cr- yeah. She would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they they go, love the soft mats and playing around. Yeah, she just run around, just run around the gym. Uh, she absolutely. She yeah, she loved it. She like I say, she's a social butterfly. Uh, I think one of the most beautiful things to me about Ava and, and still now um, is she loves going, loves going up to just random strangers and um, talking to them and uh, 
giving them cuddles and uh, making them smile. Um, it's but that's really... been hard for you, hasn't it? Because you were so active. Yeah. Oh, social. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've definitely, I don't, I, I guess I probably feel a bit numb now. Um, I uh, don't do really anything right now. Um, I want to get back into a few things. Um, I can't do it at the same level I did, but I feel for my own long-term well-being that I need to do stuff, um, as in probably jiu-jitsu, a little bit of running and some gym. Um, it just the helps physically me. Moving yeah, it, just, it really yeah. helps me feel great on I a daily basis, day in, day out. Um, and now I'm not doing anything. I... Uh, I've slipped into maybe old habits of stress eating. I just eat, 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 eat uh, to make myself feel better and are actually not really helping. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I feel numb uh, and I don't really know who I am so much anymore. I'm so focused on Ava and Ava's care uh, and being there for her and doing what she needs to do. Um, but... I do realise that to be available for Ava, I need to look after myself. Um, so, yeah. So there was, I wanted to sort of address like community and family support and that yeah. sort of stuff because what I saw yesterday was a community of people coming together for jujitsu and mm. for supporting you guys. Um, and that's obviously yeah. was my first introduction. Mm. Seems like a worthy, worthy cause, obviously. Yeah. And hopefully people can um, get something out of this this interview and podcast as well. How has the, um, I suppose, family, friends, and general community response and support been thus far? And, and sort of what are you hoping for moving forward as well? It's been, it's been amazing um, j- overall, really. James and I actually don't have any family here. So as everyone can probably have <laughs> <laughs> noticed from our accents, we're actually from the UK, but we've been here for about three years now. Yeah. Um, and we plan to stay permanently. Yeah. Um, so all of our family are actually in the UK and we don't have any here. Um, what we have got though is some really close um, friendship networks that we, we've built over the years and more, and some that have really only just started from Ava's diagnosis. Mm. Um, and we have found that the community of where we are at, well, where we live, so Bayside area and, and beyond, have been unbelievably supportive. Um, from the moment that every, that people learned about the diagnosis, they immediately started to rally together to help. You know, our, our closest friends got other people, you know, mm. it's, it, their friends and friends of friends all coming together. They were making us meals. They were coming to visit us in the hospital all the time. Um, my closest friend was ensuring that I was eating every day. She was actually yeah. driving to the hospital out in her lunch break to make sure that I was fed. Um, and just generally, people have reached out to us offering any sort of support we could possibly need. Um, so even even just the, something as simple as making a meal, it, I would imagine would be uh, just the biggest, you know, yeah. just like <laughs> it seems like such a small little gesture, but if you're struggling with something this big, particularly when it first happened, yeah. you, you haven't got the routine down, you, you're sort of just being thrown into it. Yeah. You don't, you, you know, eating is the last thing from your mind and people are coming around and, Exactly. Hot meal, here you go. Yeah, they really did. And it made, Mm. we didn't realise how important even that would be. Mm. And it really was. And of course, now we're two and a half months in. We've got a little bit more of a routine. Still so early. uh, It's just, (laughs) I know, talking to you guys, it feels, I don't know, like, 
it feels like you've been going through this for years. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure it does probably feel like it a does. long time, but I think the first three weeks were like crazy. And like, we were, were driving crazy. home every day crying. Mm. Uh, whenever we went around Ava, we would cry. We introduced like a rule with ourselves that we couldn't cry in front of her because yeah. we didn't want her to, you know, her personality to change and her to take on board our feelings and fears. Um, so it was good to have that help, especially in those yeah. first yeah. first month or so, uh, because we just were a mess. We really were, um, and people, yeah, people were there, and mm. you know, it made a huge. Just a simple meal just made such a difference. Um, the the community has been absolutely amazing, um, and particularly, it, it's still ongoing now. Two and a half months later, you know, people are still willing to help, um, even with food if we want food, um, mm. but particularly at this moment in time with our cause. So the fact that we're fundraising to make the money to ensure yeah. that Ava can have the vaccine. Um, people are really, really helping with that. We've got um, like the MMA gym, Adrenaline, helping. Um, but general people as well. You know, one of my, cl- my closest friends is going to shave her head. Ah. She actually works for L'Oreal. She's a very beautiful lady and what she does is hair and she's going to shave her head. So it's a big deal for her. <laughs> um, but we, we have fitness first gyms um they're also doing fundraising we people just who we've never even met are donating you know any, anything from small amounts to really large amounts of money to Ava's GoFundMe page mm. which we're we're completely you know we're so grateful for and overwhelmed you know people I've never I've never even heard of random strangers donating yeah. sometimes quite large amounts um and we are so so grateful because it's something that I never thought I would ever have to ask for and it really does it, it doesn't sit well with me that I have to ask people for money but I also know that's the only way we can do it so I'm so mm. grateful that people want to help so so willing to help so I'll I'll put a link to the GoFundMe um, at the bottom of the show notes of this one and wherever I post it I'll put that link there as well thank you what I want to suggest to people if they're listening um, we'll, we'll, we'll call the interview to an end now and maybe if um I'm going away on holidays, but maybe when we come back, we could do a follow-up and see how we're going. If anyone wants to contribute and you can afford to donate, please head over to GoFundMe, check it out, give what you can. If you can't give anything, you can give your support by sharing this or sharing the GoFundMe page or just reaching out and asking what you can do directly to help. Because I know that not everyone listening has the money to support, but you all can easily click that share button or um, for this podcast, or for the GoFundMe page, or just tell someone, or reach out. And and beyond that, if anyone's listening and you know someone that could help, either um, link up James and Leanne with someone else that has gone through it, or potentially, you know, if, if anyone knows someone that could you know, do further interviews, or just boost this a little bit more, that would be helpful. So check out the GoFundMe account share this and make reach out and make contact. I'll put the link to the Facebook page as well. Thank you. Um, what's the Facebook page? So the Facebook page is, you can put in Ava's Journey. Um, Ava's Journey? Or it's, it Ava's has an ne- at. Ava, Ava's at, Neuroblastoma Journey. At Ava's Neuroblastoma Journey. Yeah. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, just so you can click directly through that. Um, and hopefully we can raise some more, um, well, raise the, raise the total funds and get through it and bring it up and hopefully see... Ava heading to America quite a yes. few times to get the treatments and make a full recovery. So I'd Thank like to wish you, you both luck. Thank um, you very both much. Both with Ava and with Thanks. with the um, new baby. Thank you very much. Thanks We're really for being grateful. on. Thanks. Appreciate it.